Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us, from mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke. Our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to another episode of Laughter Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I'm excited today to be joined by comedian Michael Kyer. His thank you. reputation precedes himself. Welcome, Michael. Hey, man, thank you for letting me be on the show to talk to you, brother. Thanks for even thinking of Blessings. Sure. Well, that's where I want to start. I want to start with your show. You've done over 300 episodes. You've had everybody who's in it for a minute. And um, just tell me, like, how the idea even came to you and, and just sort of the, the passion, because you you were doing this, you were doing this well before COVID. Right. Well, I'm going to say, well, uh, that we have three shows that I do. I think what you're referring to is my morning show. The morning so show. the Michael Kaya morning show is five days a week, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and we did it during COVID. COVID is what brought this about. I lost all of my jobs on March 13th at one time because every comedy closed in America, every comedy club in America closed on the same day. So I was booked for months. All that went away. So I came back home and I could have sat here and cried like a little girl or (laughs) I could have figured out something else I can do. I think that COVID is really not about fear. I think it's about pivot. Sure. And health. I think it's about you building your immune system, but also pivoting because right. we've all been thrown in positions that we're not comfortable with. And now we can get a chance to go into ourselves and pull out tools that we generally don't use. It's just lying there dormant. Mm-hmm. Les Brown said that the richest place in the world is the cemetery because mm-hmm. so many people died with their dreams never being fulfilled, right. you know? Right. So I'm thinking I, I'm not out doing these comedy shows like I want to do but I still want to entertain and perform. So right. I decided to start a show at my home, right mm-hmm. here in my living, right in my, my kitchen, where mm-hmm. um, I can talk to people, entertain people, interview people, and right. still be doing my craft. But the same token, we wanted it to be a show where people could laugh and pray mm-hmm. every day. Because I think people are so messed up with stress and fear. Now, we've only done 307 shows. <laughs> only. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they are fantastic. The show tomorrow is going to be awesome. But Anyway, that's what we do. The other two shows is I do a, a show where I read to the children okay. every Tuesday at 11 on Instagram. It's uh-huh. called Reading with Mr. Mike. And actually, the host 
of the show is here to today. Oh. Roscoe oh. is here. Yeah, he hosts the show. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, I mentioned you. You mentioned me. Yeah, I mentioned you. This guy's got a show. <laughs> oh, so now look at that. Hey, Roscoe. He's got a show. Well, hi. <laughs> that looks like a doctor. That's Dr. Moshe. <laughs> so it is, he's the one who hosts the children's show when I read uh, Reading with Mr. Mike. So <laughs> he, he hosts the children's show on Tuesdays. Uh, and then every Wednesday, or most Wednesdays, I do superstar interviews where I do 30 minutes to an hour with celebrities one-on-one. -on -one. So I've done Wyclef John, uh, Rus Russell Simmons, Yolanda Adams, Fred Hammond, B. Yeah. Nicole, um, uh, uh, Genuine. Anyway, that's what we do on the Wednesdays. So those are the shows I do, but all of them were birthed because of the COVID situation, yeah. putting people out of jobs. And so I just figured out another way to pivot, to turn and find yeah. another tool within myself I can use. Exactly. Let's talk about sort of where that drive came from. How did you find comedy to sort of be your way to give something back and then some? I, I don't know. It's been a long time coming too. you know. Um, you know, I've always wanted to give back to people right. and I always want to heal. I believe that we are servants to the Lord and we are supposed to be of service to each other. And so giving is very important. I think if you ever want to have anything, you got to learn to give it away. If you give everything to everybody, you have so much stuff, you won't have no place to put it. So I love giving. I've always given to the homeless. When I won Star Search for 100000 I gave half to the homeless. And I wasn't rich. You know, I mean, I've always been rich, but not in terms of money. You know, I'm rich because I'm connected to the Holy Spirit. I'm rich because I own myself and I'm positive with who I am. I love life. But if I'm seeing people lying on the ground and can't eat, mm -hmm. I'm not going to drive back to my beautiful home and just step over them. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm not made of that kind of stuff. So I always want to give back. So comedy is a way to give back because comedy is healing. If you can laugh through a thing, right. you can get through a thing, you know? So I love it. And I, I started out doing comedy as a little bitty boy. I used to tell jokes to my mama right. because it was my way to have more time with my mother. You know what I'm saying? Because my mama loved to laugh. So I would tell a joke to hang out with her. I didn't know that later it would become my profession. Sure. In fact, when I was in high school, I used to do silly, goofy stuff. Uh -huh. And my brother-in-law. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electric acid. said to me one day when I was grown, all grown up, <laughs> sitting in his, in his condo in Atlanta. He right. said, you know, Michael, when I used to go to high school with you, I see you running around acting stupid, act like a fool. I said, look at that fool. Right. He said, but I didn't realize you was just practicing for who you were really going to be. 
you know? So I've always had the knack for it. I always wanted to do comedy, wanted to act, wanted to do theater. I did all the theater plays in my school, that whole thing. I came out and joined a theater company in Chicago called Free Street Theater. So I did theater around the country. When I went in the military, although I was military police, I still worked with theater in the military, you know? So I always sort of did it. And then when I got back and went to Venice Beach and started making real money and started hooking up, it gave me an opportunity to help more people. That's right. the only reason I want more money. So yeah. I can help more people, yeah. you know? Sure. No, I was very moved when I heard that story that even at that young age, you were willing to give money back. Did you feel as a child growing up that it allowed you to have a, a voice or like you were talking about this connection with your mother? Just tell us a little bit more about what it was like growing up and really sort of how this was something that kind of maybe allowed you to really express yourself even even more than maybe if you had just done piano or just done sports. Well, you know, my mom was the average mom. We grew up poor. We grew up in the projects. Mm -hmm. Chicago, Robert Teller home, South Side, 4352 mm -hmm. South State Department, 909. And my mama raised me and my four brothers and pretty much helped raise my dad because he was an alcoholic. So she raised all of us. But it was no special thing except she was our mother. And she loved us. I mean, if she only had $10, she's going to spend $9.99 on us. That's right. the kind of mother she was. But they instilled values in us. My right. mother and father, we had to do everything. We had to do chores. When I see kids today that don't have chores, exactly. I'm dumbfounded. Right. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. it. Having responsibilities as a kid teaches you how to live responsibly as an adult. You know? So by the time my father died, I was 12. And by then, I already knew how to clean a house, how to do laundry, how to wash dishes, how to cook my own food, how to talk to people, how to carry myself. I think as parents, that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not raising kids. We're supposed to be raising adults. So teaching the kids how to do the things they need to do to survive if one of us up and die. You know, so my mom. And then my mom just raised us really well. She insisted that we did our school stuff. We had to have good grades. We had to do chores. We had to be responsible and kind. And all those things just breed into character, you know? So we was raised with character. My mother expects certain things from us, you know? I mean, my mother wouldn't have it any other way. She transcended 13 years ago and never left me for a day. I've never shed a tear. She's still with me. So... If I'm somewhere eating and I see a senior citizen, especially a black senior citizen, eating by themselves, I'm going to pick up their meal. And they're like, oh, that's not necessary. Well, ma'am, trust me, I wasn't doing it for you. My mother would want this. My mother would not appreciate it if I walked past this opportunity to help a senior, an elder, especially a black elder, and didn't do it. Right. Not have some explaining to do, you know, so... <laughs> So that's how, so my mother just raised us as regular folks. I had four big brothers. We went to school, regular school, public school, and we all went our own directions and did our own things. And my thing just happened to be, you know, performance, entertainment, you know? Right. And so, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's an amazing story. And then you spoke to about doing stuff for the homeless. How do you feel it's so difficult for us to relate and, and what we need to do to really understand that plight a lot more? Because for many of us, we're only a paycheck or two away from dire situations. And yeah, and that's what we should think about when it's time to help other people. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> that could be us two weeks from now. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we want to help other people and we want we want what we don't want to do it because we expect to get something back. Because then it's not a gift, it's a bargain. Right. You want to help people because it's of your heart. Right. 
You want to help people because you're already blessed. You want to help people because you're grateful. The Buddha says arise every morning and be grateful because you have a lot. And if you don't have a lot, at least you got a little. And if you don't have a little, at least you ain't sick. And even if you are sick, at least you ain't dead. So be grateful. And if we're really grateful, then we serve others. Right. We help other people who are less fortunate than us because we know that could be us, you know? So many people have come back to me and blessed me because over the years I blessed them unknowingly, unwittingly. And think about it. I saw that person needed something. Right. I gave it to them. I went about my business. Right. 20 years later, they walk up and say, here, this is for you. And they hug me and they walk away, you know? So, yeah, I'm very blessed and I'm very happy for the blessings we have. So, yes, so the giving thing is all part of my thing. Uh, the healing thing is all part of my thing. This world needs so much healing. People are dying every day. We're killing each other like it's going out of style from Chicago. They've already killed, in my community, 600 people have been murdered. Wow. And the year ain't over yet, you know. They've been doing it like that in Chicago for years. On a weekend, 85 people might get shot. The fuck? I mean, what's going on? That's that's why some people call Chicago Chirac. It's right. like Iraq and Chicago combined. And why are we doing that? We're black people. We should be lifting each other up, healing each other. You know, I'd like to joke to say what we really should be doing is black folks and Hispanics need to get together and kill all the white folks. But that that's comedy. And right. I know somebody's watching in, watching your yeah. shit. The nigger said, kill the white folks. I'm joking. It's comedy. But we really should be pulling together. And the name of your show is Laughter is Healing is Medicine. So yeah. And I hope I'm healing somebody. That's something that's so poignant right now. At what point should people get so politically correct about comedy that it starts to not even be comedy? We see that a lot right now where, where they're not taking it that way. They're taking it very seriously and saying, I feel offended because I'm going to take my personal view on this and, and it's not a joke anymore. I take it personally. I think if it's comedy, I think if it's comedy, it should never be politically correct. I think a great comedians observe and report from their comedic lens. Like that. That's their job. You look at a thing and you see what's the funny in it. You know what I'm saying? This white boy is so funny named Jim Gaffigan. He was doing a piece today on Hot Pockets. He said, Hot Pockets? Well, how do you think they came up with that idea? He said, I can see him in a board meeting right now. Hey, why don't we take a... a well, he said, why don't we take a, a, a Pop-Tart and fill it up with nasty meat? And his boss said, that's a horrible idea. Jump on it. You know, so it's like you take a thing and then you take it and put it through your lens. Mm -hmm. It's not, it shouldn't be critiqued because yeah. it's comedy. We yeah. don't mean it. Right. As we would call it serious. We don't call it serious. We call it comedy. So yeah. you shouldn't put it. You should, I don't, I'm not doing politically correct. Now, I don't want to beat people up, but I want to make fun of people. Right. But I don't want to make you feel bad about yourself. Like, short people don't want to be called midgets, you right. know? They want to be called little people. Right. But I have a midget friend, and he be drunk and shit. And so I don't want to call him little person. And right. I don't want to call him midget, so I just cut it in half, and I say, little bitty motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know, for, so for me, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> But to a short person, it might not be, right. you know, but I can't worry about what everybody can think and say, I don't want to dirty a person up. Right. I don't want to soil you. 
but right. I want to have fun. I want to poke you a little chunky kid. Exactly. Little sweet right. 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 or something, you know. Let that shield and, it know. Yeah, man. Relax. In what way do you feel that laughter can be medicine for people? Your life is emblematic of it. It's uh, not can be. Medicine, it, it is medicine. It's uh -huh. not can be. Whether you want it to be or not, humor is healing. It is a scientific fact that if you laugh more, then dolphins and things in your system jump around and you expand your life. Plus, you have a better outlook on life. You become more positive. Positive people live way longer than negative people, you know, because they're laughing. You're a person that enjoys humor. I can tell by your face. You can see in your corner of your eyes, the laugh lines. Right, right. And the less feet, but that sounds good. I like laughing. No, they're not. <laughs> they're crow's feet for, for people who are bunions and mean and always frowning. For people who smile, those are laugh lines, brother. And that. Les Brown tells a story about a man who got fired because mm. his boss didn't like his face. Mm. He didn't like the way he looked. He said, "You fight, get your shit and get out of here. He said, how are you going to fire me? Because you don't like the way I look. He said, because by the time you're 40, you're responsible for your face. Right, you right. can walk around frowning. All that means that's cut into your face, baby. Mm. Your shit, get out of here. You know? Yeah. So you can see in your face, you have endured a lot of joy. You know? And joy is where God resides. True. When people say, I don't believe in God because I've never seen him. Right. I said, look at joy. Find any moment where you see joy happening right. and you'll see God doing a sacred dance, you know? Absolutely. You've worked with so many incredible people. Tell us about your big break and sort of what that felt like. Because like you said, you really pulled yourself up from your bootstraps to say the least. And then literally when you're in the military, when did it really hit you that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I've, I've got a gift. I am still on my way. Uh, right now, I'm trying to get a job with my, my dog, Diamond. Diamond is a singing star. Look. Oh. Wait a minute. Look. Okay, you're Wants our own show. Is that okay, to the work? Stop it. No solos. No solos. He's like, him. No, um, I've been blessed to work with an awful lot of people, mm -hmm. and everything I do is a blessing. You know, usually it's a blessing and a lesson, but right. I've been very blessed. You said, tell us what's it, what it's like. It's a joy to work with great people because mm -hmm. they're the best at what they do. They're great because they're the best mm -hmm. at what they do. You know what I'm saying? To work with Eddie Murphy, what a joy. Sure. Martin Lawrence. To work, I'm working with Martin again this weekend. I'm doing that great comedy tour he does, doing the lit AF. Okay. Um, to work with Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, the one got me on Def Jam. So mm -hmm. to work with great people is a great thing. But you can do anything if you do your work. You can work with the great people in your society, in your realm, in your heart, if you do the work, man. Right. Everything's about doing the work. Put it you know? in time. Talk to us about the hard times. Laughter obviously can be used for it, but well, what's an experience that you went through and you really felt like, okay, my belief, my faith, my joy, laughter, my life, people that I know really kind of helped me work through a, a really difficult time. 
this is probably going to disappoint you, but I've never had one of those. I've never had hard times. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't have a clue. Um, I've been doing comedy 35 years. I've never bombed. So I don't, I don't know what that's like. Uh, I've never had a great illness. I did crack cocaine. I did that for 23 years, but I wasn't crying about it. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh, I was having a, woo! I was having a ball. A lot of people be like, oh, I did drugs in my life. Shit, nigga. I will party my ass off. You hear me? Now, I lost a lot along the way. I lost money and opportunities, friendships, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I found myself in dirty motel rooms smoking with motherfuckers I generally wouldn't talk to on the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was having a fucking ball. But of course, I lost a lot of footage, a lot of ground, a lot of people who are multimillionaires, and I'm not right. because I made a different decision. Right. Everything we have becomes from the choices we made. Sure. I made choices that did not enable me to be wealthy. You know what I'm saying? And so instead, I said, why not take this rock and drop it on this hot piece of glass and see what happened? You know? And so I got that result. I had a party for a night. Right. Well, my friends who stayed on the straight and narrow are partying right now and all day long at the best of the best because they made a different choice. But I don't be who and boo-hoo about it. Right. I, everything that happens to you brings you to where you are now. Right. I did 23 years of crack, but as of this March 1st, I have 10 years of pure sobriety. And now I get to talk about that and heal other people because I've actually had that experience, Doc. And so right. I can't think of the hard times, you know. I've had wives. It didn't work out. I was one wife for 12 years. Didn't work out. My next wife, I was with her for 24. I was married to her 24 years, uh, with her 28 years. But it was over. And when it was over, it was over. My latest uh, goddess, I've been with her nine years. We just ended it in June. She's still going to be in my house for like another week, you know, (laughs) as she figure out what she's doing. But I am. Mad, not mad at her hell. I'm driving her home to live with her daddy in Albuquerque. I'm driving. I ain't mad. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. The thing is, you can't let circumstances determine your attitude. I will always have an attitude of gratitude because God is behind my game. God is the one calling the shots. He's the head kookamooka and bottle washer in my life. The king of the universe and the rule of my soul. You know, we ain't just hanging out. And we're, like, we're in a relationship, man. Me and God feel, are in a relationship. Do you feel like it was the Lord that's instrumental in helping you make that transition sort of out of really sort of part feel of like it. I know part, it. You know, I okay. know it. All good things come from God, brother. Mm-hmm. All good things. It is God that helped me. I mean, of course, you got to help yourself, too. You know, I get sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of watching my then wife you know, crying all the time, coming in 3.30 in the morning, you know, my heart pumping fast, eyes rolling around my head, sweating like R. Kelly in a playground. And I got tired of that, you know? And I couldn't turn it around on my own. I had to turn around through the help of God. Every program, whether it's C-A-N-A-A-A, even triple A, all (laughs) say that you have to have a connection, a relationship with your higher source. And that's the higher source of your choosing. So they don't say you have to be with Jesus, or you gotta be with Allah, or you gotta be with Muhammad, or you gotta be with, you know, it's the, whatever your choosing is, but there is something greater than you, than you that created everything from nothing that said did it in the name of love. You get to bow down to that. You got to love that. You gotta respect that and hold that up, you know? And then when you do that, 
you can heal, you can unfold. Mama, stop it. Leave it alone now. I'm sorry. She has a sore on her foot. Oh, okay. Already, she got a big old cone. No, oh, I believe it. On her head to keep her from getting it, but she'll go around the cone and chew on her on her on her leg. You know, no, if no. she think I ain't looking, she do it. But I see her and I hear her over there and knock it off. I'm sorry. So here's a question of insight: What makes people so afraid to be willing to say, "Let me give it to my higher power. Let me not be afraid to sort of trust that if I walk in the light, I will do better." I don't know. So many people can't believe what they can't see. Mm. But the truth of the universe is the opposite. You don't see it. You don't get it first. You see it first. Because what you see is what you get. You have to see your future first. You have to see. You want a car. You have to see you having that car. You Mm. want a million dollars. You got to see you getting that million dollars so you get that million dollars. Mm. You don't have to get the million dollars and go look at it. By the end, you're off to your next 10 million. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people can't see it. Our society and most of the world is built on fear, you know? And fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is faith in the negative. Fear is faith in in the hobgoblin and the boogeyman that's coming, you know? Oh, it ain't gonna work. Stay away from the, the black man, you know? Don't mess with that person. Don't go over here because that's profitable. So people go with the prophet, but God is the truth, you know, and I love money. Don't get me wrong. I love money. My money ain't God, but it is the lubrication of life. You can't really actualize your dreams if you can't pay your rent, you know, but we sometimes get our priorities. Most of the time we got priorities mixed up and don't remember we have to keep God first. If once you start keeping God first, any fear you have falls to the wayside. Because in my heart, there is no fear. For now, I know that God is here. In my heart, there is no fear. For now, I know that God is here. And when you remember this God is here, there is no place where God is not. No matter how dingy and dirty and low down and rotten, there is no crack house, no whore house. There's no place where God is not. In every space, he resides. And he stands there with you, waiting for you to ask for his embrace. And he'll joyfully jump in. But he don't force himself on you. Right. He don't play the game like that. He chills out and waits for you to want to. He, let, he lets you know he's there. But God is like a buffet. You know, you go to the buffet. Mm-hmm. You might want some of these. You might want some of that. But you won't know every day. Sure. For me, it's the texture. Mm. Like I, I said, I'll never eat okra or Oprah. Right. And you go to the buffet. And if there's things that you can use, you use it. If yeah. there's nothing on the buffet, <clears throat> don't worry about it. Right. The buffet will still be there. I'm not even supposed to be talking. I'm supposed to be on voice rest. <clears throat> That's why my throat right. is soaring up again. So we're going to start to wind this down. But God is always there. He's yeah. always there. The spirit is always there. Some of us don't even know about it. Some of us know about it and choose to ignore it. Okay. You get on a plane sure. and you take a chance. Right. That this 10 tons of metal is going to get off the ground and fly you somewhere else. Exactly. And then land safely. You don't see the pilot. Right. But you still believe in him. Right. You believe in him enough to put your life in his hands. But you don't even see that motherfucker. You don't know if he just smoked some weed or did a couple of lines. You don't know. Right. God appreciates that if you recognize that he's there, but... I don't have a jealous God. I don't have a God to say, you got to believe in me or I'll crush you. 
I don't believe in none of that shit. Nothing is dealing with fear has anything to do with God. You know, see, people even try to frighten you with COVID because they want you to take that vaccine and they want you to take it so bad they'll frighten you. Well, God created for COVID. That's why it's all over the world, killing people all over the world because he's upset with the world. Fuck out of here. My God is not a punisher. No. My God, why he need to punish you? You think you did something that God did not see you going to do it without you? Oh, you think you surprised God? No, No, he don't have no reason to be mad at you. And if God wants to smite your ass, he just smites you. Why right. he got to drag, drag it out and kill your grandmama and the kids in there? <laughs> exactly. <Right>. No. no. <laughs> like that. Sure. Show is called I don't, do, I don't do fear. I don't do fear. I do joy. I believe in it. I believe it. I mean, we'll make this the last question since you brought it up. The whole concept of vaccine. I know you recently did it. What do you think should be the general mindset here? Because like you were kind of saying, I think you set it up already. We don't need to be afraid. If for some reason somebody chooses not to do it, okay. But in terms of- I'm an anti-vaxxer, but I get vaxxed. Right. So I I think it's you, it's it's your body. Mm -hmm. I'm very clear on this. This is your holy temple. When the Bible speaks of your your holy temple, it is talking about this encasement that's around your spirit. It's called your body. It's on you to protect that. You got to be very careful what you put in there. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't believe in this vaccine because they don't believe in the vaccine. The people making it already told us it's experimental. So they don't really know all the shit that's in there. But I've been getting shots by people who call themselves doctors my whole life and never knew what the fuck is in there. I just still can put it right there. You ready? Okay, wait. Ah! Fucker. Give me that that candy cane. Um, But this particular thing, it took a long time for the FDA to approve it. And they, the people who make it even say they're not sure what the effects will be. You know, four months from now, my uh, arm might grow out in the chest. I don't know. So that should make it my choice, whether I want it or not. It's my body. Right. You open your body up to government and let them put in whatever they want because they think it's best for the society. Right. Then you're back to Orwell, 1984. You're back to... You back to government controlling your body. You do that, and what did they decide that that uh, sterilization is good for the for society? You know, we want to hold down the births. What did they decide to lobotomize? You know, you don't want to lobotomy, but the government says it's good for everybody else. So no, this is your body. They're not even supposed to ask you about your medical shit. And what's going on in your body is medical. So my take on it is, it's your choice. For the longest, I fought it. Didn't have the vaccine, but had the card said I did. Right. Mm-hmm. You can get them from anywhere for twenty dollars. You can get them at Starbucks with your coffee. Right. right. But I'm about to go on this magnificent cruise. This is gonna give me a briefcase full of money, but I can't get on there without the proper vaccine. I, what? How much y'all give me? Which arm you want? You want the left or you want the right? But it was my choice. Right. I didn't let nobody make me do it. I made a choice based on economics. Yeah. I want that finance. I want to shop. I think I'll be all right, right. you know? So that's why I did it. But I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm not for this vaccine. I still don't think it's proper. I still don't think people know what they're doing. But they're forcing it on you because the group of people who probably don't take it themselves have insisted you take it. And that same group of people who created it are probably making 
$5,000 a shot of, of what you think is free. Or it's, or it's free, but somebody's paying them, and that's our government dollars. So billionaires are becoming bigger billionaires. So you'll take this vaccine. They're telling you it's good for you, but we're not quite knowing what's in there. You know? So I'm an anti-vaxxer, but I vax out of what I consider practical for my financial needs. Hey, I made a choice. I'm a whore. I laid down and took it because the money was right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're keeping it honest. I love it. This has been Laughter Medicine with Michael Collier. It doesn't get any funnier. I mean, he has been there and done it, worked with so many greats, and now has three, not one, but three shows going on during COVID. And the and main one I push is the morning show. Make sure you go to YouTube. Go on YouTube, put in the Michael Collier morning show. Jump on five days a week. We're live. You don't have to watch us live. You can watch us anytime, day or night. Just go to YouTube, put in the Michael Collier morning show. Pick any episode. They're all fabulous. You can also follow me on Instagram if you want to know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm on something. I'm in some place concerting almost every weekend. You can follow me on my very sexy web page, therealmichaelkaye.com, where you can buy merchandise. You can see photos. You can pull photos. You can see, I mean, when I say merchandise, I'm selling everything. I got T-shirts, hats, caps. I got books, CDs, DVDs, fish sandwiches, Everything. Everything. We sell it all. Yeah. 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 Really love being one follow me. You can follow me on my cash app. That's dollar sign Michael Kaya's money. I like to make it easy for other people to give me their money. So mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Doc, Absolutely. for letting me share some laughter and hopefully a little wisdom. Definitely. And I'm gonna leave people with knowing that it's all it's all really okay. It's all good. It's all good because it's all God, no matter what, what anybody tells you. Hold on for one second, Tricia. Tricia, no matter what anybody tells you, it's all good because it's all God. And if you keep God first, you can do anything. You can go anywhere. You could climb the tallest mountain. You could swim through the deepest sea. And you will come back unscathed as long as you keep God first, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate you, Doc. And thank you for letting me be on your show. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.